All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Project Esports podcast. It's August 27th. Pretty, pretty crazy that it's almost late August, early September already. Um, but it's exciting one because the boys are back in town. We have everyone here. Yeah. Uh, myself, James, and Andrew finally have everyone. We might lose Andrew in a little bit, but hopefully he'll stay with us. No promises. It's just a just a little bit of thunder outside, and my lights only flickered what two, three times in the five minutes we've been in pre-show. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, but yeah, so I guess let's just kick it right off and go right into Ti. Um, does someone want to take take Ti, and we'll go right into it? Um, I know James was watching the most. I watched more than I, I ever did. have. So again, I am now a professional on all things Dota Two because I did watch about <laughs> half an hour of the international. So if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. But no, honestly, I watched a little bit, but I think one of you two would do a much better job actually talking about what happened. I don't even know who won actually. Um, yeah, I, t- I actually I actually spent a good time. I so I I missed all the games up until game five. So I wa- I got to watch game five, and game five was insane. Um, it was between now I didn't and I didn't know this, but PSG LGD are a partnership. I didn't I wasn't aware of this LGD. To me, when I think of LGD, is a is a is a Chinese uh, esports organization, and PSG is of course a French organization, like the like the soccer team. But I guess for Dota, the two of them are paired up. So it was PSG LGD, and then Red Bull's team, uh, OH, I think is what they're what they're called. Um, and it started like and, and for game was I can't speak to any of the other games, but Game Five was an absolute bloodbath. The first like the first like ten minutes. Um, PSG LGD, I believe, had an insane, insane like uh, kill, kill, uh, kill advantage. Now, like like any MOBA, like I mean, you can rack up a shit ton of kills, but if you're not using them effectively, it doesn't matter. And that seemed to be what happened. Um, and I want to warn anybody as I'm going through the explanation, I may have get the teams fucked up and switched around. But if I remember correctly, it was PSG LGD that had like I think it was like. 16 kills to four at one point it was looking real grim and then uh i'm just gonna call them team red bull because that's that's how i best identify with it's them. og it's og okay perfect there you know, thank you uh yeah og ended up like pulling it back it was um i think it was around like a half hour 40 minute game i think um and it was it was it was really fun to watch um despite the fact that i really i mean a little while ago, me and Dylan tried to play Dota 2 and trying to like understand like the nuances and the intricacies of it is not easy. Um, so trying to watch pro play was definitely something interesting. Um, but it was like you, you know, alts were pretty readable. Um, the game is definitely not hard to follow. Like once you like start being like, okay, this is an ultimate. This isn't an ultimate. Blink dagger is a really good item because everybody fucking builds it. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, no, it was it was it was fun to watch. Um, it was a, it was a it was a wicked experience. Um, the celebration was super dope too. Um, yeah, it was nice to see a team basically come from that much of a disadvantage and be able to yank it back. You know, never surrender, boys. Don't surrender at twenty. Well, I guess uh, Dylan, I don't know what you have to add. I guess when I get to round to me, I can list off a couple of the placings for anyone that did miss the event. But if you have anything to actually talk about, you go ahead. So I I have a confession to make. You didn't watch any. I didn't watch a single game of TI. I love it. I didn't watch any, unfortunately. Um, you are no longer did... the Dota boy of the podcast. I'm I'm not. I, I'm taking that title and throwing it to the wind, I guess. But I did see some of the highlights and stuff. And Dota, and specifically TI, has really good like highlights all the time. Um, every TI usually has a really cool and interesting play um, or just a really good game. Uh, so they have a good track record of that. 
Um, one highlight I really did like was actually not even from the event. It was actually from Shine over the weekend, um, which was a big uh, Smash tournament. OG had a player there, and he was watching TI while playing his set. Oh, and mid-set, like, yeah, mid-set, they won, and he started popping off. And he lost the like the game, and they were like, "Why is he popping off?" And they were like, "Oh no, he's watching his team play uh, Ti while awesome. while playing his set. yeah while he was trying to play." Oh, that is so cool. I mean, that's a real that's a that's a real teammate there, man. Like, yeah, no. yeah I mean, if if you care about your team so much that it like transcends the games, like that that is a really good team, and that's really cool culture that they have there. Yeah, that, I was about to say that says something a lot about the organization because yeah, if you care more about how a team's about to win $11 million than your tournament or your match or set, I guess, is the technically the right term. That That is really cool, and that's something that I think if every team was like that, that would be a lot better. But I guess just kind of running down a couple of the top winners for anyone that didn't catch the event, including Dylan. Um, so first place, OG won with $11,200,288 is what they took home. That's a lot of money. <laughs> that's so much money. For a single um, org, man. Uh, second place. Oh, another fun fact I read today. There are now 60 millionaires that have been made playing Dota 2 after of TI. And most of it have been from the winners of this. Obviously, a lot of them make a lot of money. and that's But 60 different people have made a million dollars playing Dota 2, which is a kind of a really cool benchmark and kind of goes to show how big of a deal TI is and just Dota is for the esports scene as a whole. But um, I'd be curious to see how many came from other esports. I guess we don't have that number. But um, second place was PSG LGD. They took home a little over four million. Uh, third place was Evil Geniuses. I watched them versus PSG. That was a really good um, set, and that is a bloodbath. Um, Team Liquid took fourth, and then fifth and sixth was Team Secret and Virtuous Pro. So a couple names up there that people kind of recognize. A couple. Of more Dota 2 scene teams up there, but overall, I enjoyed the event from what I watched. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think as far as teams that don't transcend like a lot of the other major esports, um, it's only uh, OG, uh, OG and teams uh, like even Team Secret has like some play in like they have a couple other like, ones, yeah, they do, they and have, they use they, they, have they a Rainbow Six now. Yeah, yeah, they're in the yeah exactly. So yeah, like it's nice to see that you're seeing these organizations just like so vast now it's really nice to see like evil genius and like evil geniuses to see them doing well as well as team liquid like those guys have been around for fucking ages right yeah, like those are, are those... I, i've never watched anything of team uh, of evil geniuses but i've heard of them forever so it's kind of cool to watch a little bit of them and is that what they're most known for is dota 2 what they are most known for what are they most known for i feel like starcraft yeah they were most known that for. was their big thing and they were really big in league early like really? they were they were they were a big fucking league team early on Huh. Um, it, it was mostly like because they had all the money from like StarCraft and they were such a big StarCraft brand that like when leaks first started getting big traction, they were able to just kind of field a really decent team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of my most favorite controversial players, uh, Crepo, played for them. Crepo Crepo had some bad light in the uh in the media, but uh he was a he was a great player and he's a an interesting character to watch. So Excuse but, yeah, me. No. Hmm? XQC, uh, yeah, <laughs> I actually love watching his stream now. But with that, it's a whole different topic. Going into that, uh, something I did see that I really did like is so. What's really cool about Dota and Valve specifically is that some of their games they open up 
um, like a marketplace uh, to modders. And they allow people to put, like, to create things. And, like, they even create things themselves and put it in the game and stuff. Um, and there's, like, a whole market where you can buy and sell. Think TF2 hats. Um, but to be fair, a lot of these are a lot more reasonable. And you get them from drops and stuff like that. But they have announcers where you get to replace the announcer um, with different voice lines with a different voice. And during TI, they announced a new one, which is just Gabe Newell just no. being the announcer of the game. You need to watch the video if you haven't. It's really funny, and it seems like a big joke, but I guess they're just putting it in. It's really funny, though, because it's just, it's him, because he's kind of, he's, like, not charismatic, but no. he's charismatic in a super, like, a way, a, like, a hyper nerd would be charismatic. Yeah. Because, huh. like, he's just this, like, this big old nerd who, like, was coding all day and just got a sick company from it, and he's, like, smart and stuff, but, like... It's just Gabe Newell. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Oh my god. It is really good though cuz they do like the like the multi-kill thing and like it's like it's like uh like you get double kill mega kills, it, yeah. And then when he gets to 3, he goes like greater than 2 but less than 4. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh it is really god. good and I really like I really like Dota for that kind of stuff. There's a yeah. lot of cool cosmetic stuff they do to the game. Any game that kind of doesn't take themselves too seriously includes that kind of stuff. I I just appreciate it a lot more. I love I love companies and people that don't take themselves too seriously. There was also an additional hero added from this TI, um Grimstroke. Yeah, yeah new hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess there's I guess there was two announced and one of them was playable immediately. Wow. Um let me see That's here. pretty hype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Grimstroke was one, and then the other, a teaser from Mars, is mm. is the second one coming out. But there was there was only like a teaser for it. That was it. So the big thing now to watch actually from Dota, um, now that TI is over, is actually roster changes. So something that some teams do, not all teams, but some teams do this is they'll make pickups um, before TI to make sure they have like quote unquote like the best showing they can there because it is such an important tournament. And we talked about it before that TI is just so stacked in terms of money. Mm -hmm. So we actually might see some teams have some serious roster changes. Like they might be dropping players or something like that um, in the coming weeks. So that's just something to look out for. Yeah, absolutely. We'll follow that, of course. But I think that's a good chunk of Dota. We have a lot of stories we want to talk about tonight. So I say we kind of touch on the Asia games a little bit again. Um, I know a while back we did mention that it's going to include esports. They're going to be medaled. They're going to be recognized, and that this was a really big deal. Because for you but guys, they're, that they're not though. That's the thing. They're not being medaled. I know. That's what the story is about to be. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay. We talked about this. We talked about this the other week. We, what I week? think this was this was like this was like two weeks ago. I feel like this was discussed. I was. Am I, am I am I drunk right now? Is that what's happening? I don't remember. And if we did talk about it. If we did talk about it, it was Andrew talking about it. My eyes just glazed over. <laughs> yeah, I remember posting the article in Slack and being like, "This is crazy. We need to bring this up." Okay, we'll go. Now, I'm sorry. I just, I totally just killed your, I killed your, your buzz. We'll I'm go sorry, with man. it again. But what it was is this was a really big deal for just kind of esports as a whole because this is the second biggest like organized sport event outside of the Olympics. It has 45 different countries participating. Blah blah blah. blah. It's a really big deal. Esports are going to be meddled. Well, now they're kind of coming back and saying. Never mind. We need to kind of get a couple of things from you guys first and all that kind of stuff. And what they're really saying is, I'll just kind of summarize the whole article kind of really short, is that 
Esports cannot be a meddled sports at the Asian Games because there's no one governing body. So that would be like the NFL, it would be the NCAA, it would be something kind of that equivalent. And they want that for all esports that would be involved would have to fall under one category. So if they wanted to include a Blizzard game and League of Legends, they would have to have a governing body that would be governing both of those. So how I take that is esports will never be a meddled event at this <laughs> at the Asian Games unless they only pick one and maybe they change out each year because if you say okay if it's just League of Legends, Riot's the governing body. You can yeah. do that, but if there's multiple, they all have to be under one body. I mean, do you guys see any possibility where they can come together? Do you see this is just we'll take the one we get and it doesn't matter if we're going to be a metal defense or not. What do you guys kind of just think about this as a whole? And what are your points you had from an earlier discussion with a completely different <laughs> podcast that was not us, James? That apparently wasn't us. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, I guess, Dylan, do you want to lead off or do you want yeah, me to go? Yeah, so okay, go ahead. I want to say this is something that could happen. I want to say, yeah, it's going to be easy. Like Blizzard just gets like a small committee and they – shoot some emails over to riot and riot gets a committee and then they just like do a joint project i want to say that and i think that would be something that smaller companies would totally do like um what what is rocket league psionics or whatever um i feel like them and maybe like some other small esports could totally do that they just throw people on it and they're like this is hype let's go for it but i unfortunately i feel like riot and blizzard is so big and so corporate at this point that doing something like that would take a tremendous effort and you need other people involved so yeah. if you had a single body being formed around um i don't know someone from the asia games right you have someone who's the head of the committee they come out and they go blizzard send some reps riot send some reps let's get this going i see that happening i can 100 percent see that happening i think that's a possibility but if you're just saying at this point all right riot blizzard uh figure it out on your own i just feel like they don't care enough like i don't want to say that in a bad light but they have no reason to care because it's like okay well i guess our game is more popular in asia now but like it's already super both both have really popular games in asia so it's like why do we care what do do they have to gain yeah exactly i mean like this could be a stepping stone for like big boy olympics but I don't know. I just I, I can't see the positives that would make Blizzard and Riot like really shift some corporate gears to get working together for something like this. I think logistically it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. I can see this thing, sort of thing being formed around like I don't know this this I could see the Asia Games triggering something that should happen already for like a governing body for all esports, but like not as just for the interest of the Asia Games, but as like you know, as a whole, you know what I mean. That's what I could see coming out of this, which I don't, I don't think it would be a bad thing. I think we see enough like sketchiness come out of each specific esport that a governing body for all of them probably wouldn't be a bad idea. It would definitely prevent some shit like, um, like a little like I think it was last year with Tainted Minds in the OPL, um, and like the the shadiness that was associated with that. You would see this because you would have other representatives from other committees or from other games. They're like, okay, listen we get it like this is your game and this is like your this is your infrastructure but this is how we do shit over here and blizzard agrees with me valve agrees with me um you know so you know and you have this like ruling almost like council-esque kind of thing um but i don't think i could see the i could see the asian games 
starting the groundwork for this if they do decide to do it. But I don't see this becoming creative specifically for the Asia games. I don't like. I don't think that would be that would be the case because again, like it's like Dylan said, like they don't they don't really care. Like and, and it's like I mean they already they're they're already so established. Oh, and like in you know in the you know eastern eastern you know uh countries and stuff like that that the asian games aren't uh, like they're not as much of a draw i can understand like you said like the smaller games like rocket league and stuff like that if they wanted to be like okay we want to put on our big boy pants we want to be you know represented with the rest of these guys that makes sense to me but like yeah blizzard riot valve um i feel like they won't care too too much I I mean I, I don't want to and honestly I don't care if it's a medal event I think it's a win just to be involved in all that kind of stuff but mm. I feel like esports as a whole being a medal event why wouldn't I mean I just feel like esports is such a large umbrella and that why do why does esports as a whole have to have a governing body while individual sports only need to have a governing body so like Obviously, a MOBA is much different than a shooter. Like, fine, yeah. all shooters need a governing body. All MOBAs need a governing body. Card games, fighting games, those could be make, breaking down. And then, obviously, the winner of the the fighting games have to be under one community, and that's a medal to esports. But, I mean, that's, like, why hockey and b- basketball should have the same governing body is kind of what they're saying here is kind of how I see it. And I feel like eventually esports will be a medaled event at least here when they move away from esports being a medaled event to MOBA being a medaled event. Does that That's fair. I like I like guys? that point. Yeah. Dylan's oh, look, at that, look at that face. Look at I, that face. I don't, I don't like saying MOBA is a medaled event because like what MOBA then? Fine. League of, well, League of Legends. When you move but like but, but like the thing is like I don't like it because games come and go because like uh, fuck. yeah like yeah. That's why I do League, MOBA. League is pop. No, lo- no, but like then you have to decide which one it is because it's like I'm it, like if you're car- like comparing it to sports because this is the Olympics, this is like athletic games, so you have to compare it to sports at this point. It's weird because it's like you're saying, "Okay, well we're playing basketball." Okay, just kidding. Let's switch it up to a a like a dunk contest because that's what's popular now. Like it's different games. Like yeah, you can consider it MOBAs, but like, can you real like who is saying what genre is what? Because like where like there could be blurred lines. I think there could be blurred lines. Because like, what do you consider battle right? Is battle right a MOBA? Is it a like like what is battle right? Would it be up to like the developer to dictate like where their where their game classified as, and then they would have it, to apply to that specific committee? It could be, but like I don't know. I I don't think it works because games come and go. Because like Starcraft. Like, at, let's just say Brood War, because Brood War for sure is, like, there's some people that play it, but it's, like, gone now. Like, people don't play Brood, yeah. Brood War anymore. There's no, you know, big, huge Blizzard-run events for Brood War. That, it, that's gone. Like, what if we selected that as, like, the RTS representative? Because then we wouldn't be supporting StarCraft and StarCraft Two and the other ones and, like, Warcraft Three in the same committee. Because, like, at what point are you allowed as a committee to go... Sorry, dude, your game's not important anymore. Yeah. You got to get out of the commu- like the committee. So, like, I I feel like that's I feel like one big um, governing body for esports that maybe has subcommittees. I was just gonna say that, yeah. Like, so yeah. basically, yeah, you have a governing body that governs these like specific genres. You know what I mean? And basically, as games come and go, you still have this overall representative dictating the big plays and dictating. Okay, well, 
Brood War is no re longer relevant, but um, StarCraft 2 is. Or, you know, uh, League has finally died, and, but now we have this new game. And, you know, um, okay, H1Z1, you're now ruled out of the, you know, um, the... Oh my god, what the fuck are they called? Help Battle me out, boys. Battle Royale games. So, now we're only seeing Fortnite and PUBG, you know what I mean? Like, that I could see. And, like, cause, because with traditional sports, despite the fact that we are seeing a drop in popularity and like baseball and stuff like that. Traditional sports seem to be much more concrete in these events because they've been long around for so fucking long. So with, I think with esports, you have another flicker, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's kind of what you need to do in these situations. You need to have um, like a bit of a, like a bit of a, a difference to like, or a, a bit of a different, a, a, a take to it. You know what I mean? But without breaking it out, so what is there just a bunch of small tournaments under the like how do you how do you award a medal to esports? It's easy though because what you do because here's a really good example of why I think it's just bad just to like lump them up into genres. All right, so what do you choose as the shooter? Do you choose CS:GO or do you choose Rainbow Six? They're fundamentally very different games. Do you choose Halo? which is completely different than those. Like, what do you choose? I, I think I think the choices, like, for trying to break up into genre doesn't make sense. I think what really works is if, like, we were talking about before, big, um, big overall governing body, because a lot of the rules carry over for how to treat um, uh, esports athletes and how to structure tournaments. A lot of them do carry over. Create subcommittees and decide amongst yourselves, like, through voting, what games should go into what? If they say, hey, we need to field three esports into this tournament, what should we choose? Like, maybe the three games that everyone's playing are three MOBAs. Like, maybe that is the best choice. Because, like, if the majority of people are playing three separate MOBAs, and, like, barely any people are playing, like, say, CSGO, why should CSGO be in, go be in there? Why not the most popular games? Like, why not where the talent is and the money and the most like the highest competition I, I guess like where do you where do you pick which decides do you do by popularity because i don't feel like the olympics would be something that you would you would dictate by popularity you know what i mean i feel like there should no, be but I, I feel like you would though because like is there any sport in the olympics that no athlete plays that people aren't competitive with that people don't care about i feel like every sport in there people Fencing? care about don't say that because <laughs> penn state is actually one of the best fencing schools and i'll have to fight someone I, but okay, but that's not a popular thing. That's just been there forever. No, like, no, but people really like fencing. Fencing is actually a super popular sport still. It actually okay. is, and and like uh like James was saying, especially in Europe, it's still a big big sport there. Okay, I guess. I mean, yeah, it's like a rich person sport, but that's 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 the American mind where whatever it's not here in America, so I don't care about it. That's not a good way of thinking. So yeah. Wow! Wow! Like look no, at that. <laughs> I was saying that it's not a way to. Uh, that's not a good way to think about it, but that's just kind of what I went through. I'm like, oh, I don't know anyone that fences, so why would it still be an Olympic? Why, why, why would it's fences a world, be popular? It's, yeah, it's a worldwide event. So that's a very bad one. But there's a way to do it. I don't. I think what you're kind of on to, Dylan, may be the right way. Voting, and every four years or however long this happens, four years before, you pick the team. You pick the games. Three games are going to be in it in four years. And the next time it changes. And then Team USA, Team Canada, Team Germany. All three of those combination of the teams would just get the gold medal. Is how it would work. Okay, sorry, I have another thing because no. um, 
Bill was posted about this in the chat, and it just made me think of a really, like, poignant thing. So, like, uh, he said, like, why should we care about the dinosaur that is the Olympics? And I was just thinking, well, the Overwatch is having a World Cup, which is, like, exactly what you... Which is exactly what you would expect Overwatch to look like in the Olympics. Yep. So, like, that is, I think that is a really good point, that if you can self-contain and, like, self-organize events that are same scale and represent the same things, like, why would you even want to do that? Because, like, it does seem like there's a lot of bureaucracy to, like, trudge through and figure out. And then, like, how do you stream it? Because it's, like, a big international thing and there's a ton of people involved and governments involved and, like... That's true. And then you, that... get, you get to navigate, like, which platform you're going to put on. Is the Olympics going to basically indict their own fucking streaming platform? Are like... they going to have a Twitch page? Well, the, Hell yeah, yes, you... please. Can you imagine the Olympic Twitch page? I'd love to be a mod on that. Oh, my God. Oh my no, God. it would be really good. But, like, just think about how the Olympics are right now with streaming rights to just TV and the, like, insane fight between, like, ABC, NBC, and Disney or Fox or whatever, how they fight over that. Can you imagine any of them giving any sort of leeway to have it streamed on Twitch? I don't think so. Not a chance, man. So, I understand. I'm picking my microphone. I got a little bit of a... I got a point on this. He's getting and into it. I, I agree that if the Olympics and esports never partnered, would esports be any worse off? No. We'd build our own thing. We'd build Overwatch World Cups and all that. Yes. But why would we not want to get video games and esports in front of the largest event in the world? Even if not a lot of people watch it, but they're just tuning into it between events. What downsides does that have? Why does the esports being in the Olympics not bring a positive to it? Yes, I understand. Like We don't need to change who we are. And if we can't come to an agreement, we're not going to be any worse off. But if there's an easy fix we can do to get us into the Olympics and get us in front of in the largest events in the world, what is the downside? Resources. I feel like you need to put a lot of resources from every company into this thing that could go into a billion other things. Um, and not only that, but like, who are we really capturing? I mean, we had uh, we had Overwatch and Street Fighter and Heroes of the Storm on ESPN before. And yeah, there might be some new capture. Um, especially considering, like, I feel like the overlap is super high for those streaming platforms. But, like, I feel like the overlap for the Olympics probably, you know, they, they probably aren't there. Like, if you look at who's watching it, who's watching the Olympics that would be really interested in esports? It'd be people and, already into esports. That's the thing. Like, yeah, yeah, they're tracking the same already market. in it. Yeah. And I mean, like, I guess you could make the point that, like, you're trying to reach an older audience too. But I feel like, Maybe the older audience who's never been into video games really won't get into it at this point. I feel like the age of the viewers are just going to go up as we get older. And I, I, and fe I feel like I feel like putting esports into the Olympics at this point too is like it's like kicking a hornet's nest too, man. Because like it's something that that an older generation that watches the Olympics doesn't understand why the fuck it should be there, and it might cause more headaches for all these organizations trying to make a push into it. So why would they add, put that added? They added headache on there, you know what I mean? And, like, I mean, thing is, too, is, like, I mean, when you start pissing off an older generation, the older generation's usually, you know, they have the money to do shit about, like, you know, about stuff like this. Would we any, would we actually see it? Probably not, but, like, I mean, it's the risk that they're, they, they'd be taking. But 
We are so yes. The old people have the money. I know you're laughing at me because I'm holding my mic, but yeah. I do kind of have a stance on this. It's hype that though. it is. The old people have to say, and if you put esports in the Olympics, think of how much money is already being dumped into esports right now. You see resources. You get esports in the Olympics and guarantee millions of people to watch the event for even a couple of minutes. You have advertisers and investors saying, "I want in now." We already have people doing that with where it is now and self-contained. You put in front of you put in the world's largest event or you tie it into the World Cup like what Bill said or something kind of like that. You get investors flooding to this faster than anything we've probably ever seen in esports. Because what do investors want to see? They want to see the especially for sporting, they want to make sure that the teams they're investing in are going to be seen by lots of people and have the biggest chance for it. So even if the capture rate of a million people is 0.01%, that's a lot of people that are going to convert over time, especially in the Olympics, and investors are going to see that and want to be in. But, I mean, look at Overwatch League. I mean, we have the craft group. Yeah, that's what I'm we saying. Have we have ton, all these like, people investing no, we, we have big investors it. already. Like, I, I, I'm saying, like, I don't know what kind of impact going on to this will like is there another big investor out there that i was if, just gonna say yeah if we like, waste all these this time and resources is it gonna sway over any like amazing investor that's gonna like revolutionize esports i mean coke has already gotten into esports every major car company for the most part has sponsored some event somewhere like yeah mercedes and the chinese the chinese league for league of legends are like they're like buddies like yeah you know what i mean like so, I, that's just it. Like, who, 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 do you, who's left to attract, right? Like, you're kind of, you're kind of running out of resources. To, like, I mean, who the fuck are we gonna get? Like, the Rockefellers to like start giving a shit about esports? Like, it's, sure, uh, why not? Because they're too busy investing in cloning, Andrew. That's why. <laughs> None of them invest themselves, though. But if you, all the people, all these and most of these investors, especially the really high tier ones, are giving their reports saying, what are going to be the returns on numbers? These are going to be the return number, and that's how they're going to invest, especially at a really high level. And I think being, I think in the long term, self-contained would be better. In short term, being in the Olympics would really jumpstart the industry as a whole. I think in the long term, we wanted to continue developing our own thing. And in 10 years, we say, we don't need you guys anymore. But if we can get the next two Olympics, I know that's not possible at the time or strange right now. But why say no to a jumpstart? I know the resources, but I just think there is some potential to something by being in the Olympics. But I don't really think we need a jumpstart. I feel like we're in it. Like, like the industry is like in it already. Like, it's not like it's like... Uh, like a small startup or whatever it's like it's booming like people are watching it like espn isn't involved heavily into it at this point like i feel like it has taken off like yeah it's has room to grow it's gonna grow but like we're kind of in it i i feel like at this point playing the long game and seeing how sustainable the the switching over of esports is because we haven't been in a time of where esports rotates yet on a on a big scale so whenever brood war and um cs 1.6 i think it's 1.6 when those were like the two or yeah one what, whatever the last patch of the original counter-strike was um when those died off right like that was before like 
esports was franchised and big and had huge teams and stuff since then we got franchising we got super big teams we got super big investors i feel like at this point it's like all right it's time to play the long game and like see what the rotation of esports starts looking like see what happens when league eventually dies in however many years or whenever overwatch is actually done and see how that rotation and that that revolving door of video games actually happens I mean, it could be even just genres alone, right? Like, I mean, see, like, I mean, we could see a rotation of not only games but genres themselves, right? Like, we kind of, we kind of seen it. We kind of, we've already kind of seen it with RTS is being phased out and battle royale is being pushed in, right? Like, yeah. So this, unfortunately, is not the esports in the Olympic podcast. So we spent forty <laughs> minutes on two of our topics today. So I think we're gonna agree to disagree. There. It'll something that continue to develop, and this will not be the last time we talk about it. I feel like every time this comes up, we talk about it for half an hour. And something will surge us to talk about again in a month or two. So I say we move on to the next one and try to actually get through our list of topics, because we actually have a somewhat longer episode today already. But, James, I want to tell you, I want you to tell me, actually, a little bit about sports in Taiwan, which you know nothing about, probably. I probably know nothing about, yeah, no. I've I, been, meant to uh, say, I meant to say Dylan. Dylan, you lead us off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so the big thing is, um, in a lot of Asian countries, and by a lot, I mean, I only know of two, um, Korea and Taiwan, um, everyone has to serve a mandatory uh, military service. It's not usually that long. I think it's usually, like, between two, two and four years. Yeah, two, two years. Two years for Korea. Um, and so in Korea, that's actually a really big thing, um, especially with really good pro players. I know... I'm sure for League, but personally, I know it from StarCraft, you know, it was always like the player had to go into their military service, and a lot of times that'd be it for them. So they would push it off as far as they possibly could uh, before they ended their yeah. esports career and went into the military for those two years. And I had a bunch of StarCraft friends as well who, you know, they had to do the same thing. They had to go serve in the military. Um, but what's super interesting from Taiwan right now is that the government actually has recognized esports as like a sport. And you can actually, that that's an, that's now like a quote unquote excuse not to go into the military. Like you can now pursue your esports career without having to worry about military service. Yeah, you're exempt now, right? Like that's, that's really yeah. cool. So for anyone like in America, a a, a super easy uh, correlation is back in the day whenever people were being drafted into the military back in like Vietnam and stuff. Um, one of the ways that you could just not go is if you were in in college that was just uh, that was it was a valid um exemption if you were in college so it's the same kind of deal of if you're playing esports now it's just a valid exemption which i think is super cool because um a lot of people did have their careers cut short because they had they just had to go serve in the military and i think you had to do it before a certain age it was probably like before 27 or something like that so it, granted you can make the argument that at that point you're kind of getting at the end of your esports career anyway but but still it's i think it's something really cool well that's like uh isn't it innovation who's still consistently pushed off his 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 uh military career i think it he, might have been innovation because he might have been young because I, I know cause he, still he's young. still playing now like i watched him the like like two weeks ago mm-hmm. um but i remember like it was like 2014 he was worried about it and then I don't know. Maybe maybe he's one of these guys that came back afterwards. Like I'm not too sure. But well, it is a big thing that like they do get worried about it, and mm-hmm. they have to like. I think it's like a process of where you have to submit paperwork, and I think it's just because of like the culture of of South Korea and esports. I think 
they look at that like um, that request for delay and they go, uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. you're you're a big deal. Yeah, we'll we we'll, we'll let you stay out. Yeah, like Bill mm-hmm. the Conqueror said. Yeah, like innovation's still playing. So yeah, um, yeah, and I don't think I don't think he's I don't think he's been hit up by his military obligation yet. But it's good to see Taiwan's kind of like going to that way as well. I'm I'm happy to hear that because they, yeah. there is some there is some good names coming there. Like the the ones I only know is for League, but I mean League's got some pretty heavy hitters coming out of there. Yeah, I, I just don't see the downside of it, and if anything, I'm I mean, has this happened for Korea or anything kind of like this? That this hasn't even happened in Korea yet, has it? Interesting that this is the first place for it to happen. I could see maybe a couple other countries following suit. I mean, I'm surprised North South Korea hasn't done it at this point, considering how big just esports and video game. What you had a look, Dylan? Give him the look. It, did you say North or, North or South Korea? No, no, yeah, he, he started saying North. I said Korea, oh, okay. and then I said yeah. South Korea. Then okay. I'm surprised they have to do it, considering how big of a thing it is there, and I know they have to do the required military service, too. And they treat their video game, uh, yeah, they treat their esports players as celebrities there. So I yeah. don't see why it hasn't happened there yet. I think I think the big reason, and like not to get like too into like the the, the politics of like South Korea and stuff like that. I think the big I think the big reason um, of the big reason that they haven't allowed this yet is because they literally have somebody who wants to piss down their throat right to their border. You know what I mean? Where Taiwan is like, all right, guys, we're just kind of chilling. You know what I mean? Like they, Taiwan's got their problems, but in comparison to like South Korea, like looking like over the horizon, being like, oh hey, hey North Korea, what's up? Don't worry, we have a steady stream of people that will really okay, that are ready. But you know what I mean? for esports professionals, I mean, what? That's, I mean, it's still only a handful of the country's population. It's not like there are millions of esports. It's not millions, but I think I think it's a I think it's a bigger chunk than you think because like you gotta you gotta like I mean a lot of a lot of guys try and go this route be, to to not have to do this career like the the mandatory service like i mean you like korea like i mean you don't try and be a pro baseball player or a pro football player you try and be a pro, pro esports player and i'm not shitting on the korean baseball teams because they are quite good as well but i mean like this is like this is like a realistic route for a lot of those people not so and they take it much more seriously in comparison to say us you know what i mean like so i think i think i is the number still pretty like like uncomparable comparison to like you know the rest of the masses probably but i think it's i think it, i think we should write it off as like a super like insignificant amount you know what i mean i think uh at this point i really wish we had someone who actually knew a lot about like sports and sports law on here because like i want to know like in south korea if at this point there is exemptions for people who play baseball or who play soccer um, because then at that point you can kind of start making the comparisons like, oh, now it's kind of, you know, it, it's time to move the laws aligned. So they're very similarly aligned, um, and just see who else is kind of exempt. Um, so I guess, uh, for another podcast, we'll have to get our South Korean, um, law expert on. So I am your South Korea law expert, according to google.com. Um, <laughs> it looks like, um, South Korean Olympic medalists are exempt but professional athletes are not Ooh, so that so that's a more compelling argument of where i would say esports probably shouldn't be exempt except except i do think all sports should be exempt yeah yeah i think all sports should be exempt so now if if uh if if like a regular like top tier baseball player isn't exempt then probably esports shouldn't be but like like taking a step back i think they should all be exempt because I, I do agree. I don't, yeah. I don't think one should be kind of done from the different, but again, it's 
I, I would not be surprised if a couple more countries, especially in Southeast Asia and kind of the islands around there, maybe followed suit in this kind of idea. Because a lot of those do have the mandatory military service. But again, awesome for Taiwan. Awesome for Flash Wolves. They're not going to have to worry about losing any players. I was going to say the Flash Wolves, man, they, they, those guys benefit from this real big. And I love that. Yeah. But I guess, yeah. I don't see any downside of this. I mean, it's just all up and up, and we hope to see that a couple other countries hopefully kind of fall suit or figure out something similar to this that would just kind of be good for esports. Because yeah, you don't want to see a player, you don't want to see the best player in the world career cut short because they had to go do military service. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's just unfortunate. You understand that's how culture is in some other countries, but that doesn't make it any less of kind of a whole a loss for the industry and esports as a whole. Absolutely, yeah. Could, like, could you imagine if like you know if uh... If the Flash was lost, like Car- uh yeah, Carsa when he was like on his up and up, like I mean that would have been that would have been devastating. You know what I mean? It, it, like that kills some teams, right? You lose a star player, like that's there goes they, you know that hurts the organization as well. That hurts the business side of things, right? So, welcome to the Project Overwatch podcast, the podcast within a podcast, where every single week on Project Esports we make sure to mention at least one thing about the overwatch league <laughs> and this week we will continue this tradition of the project overwatch podcast where i'm just going to talk very briefly so that dylan doesn't glass over and now listen to a word that i say about overwatch because he is so sick of it at this point um i just want to mention a little bit about a new twitch uh, no twitter deal that overwatch formed with um Twitter, obviously, just how they're going to be live streaming. Um, they live streamed the All-Star Game over this weekend. It's just kind of another revenue of kind of showing off. It's on ESPN all that kind of stuff now, too. So it's just another revenue for people to kind of watch. And I guess I don't really have too much to add on to that. I mean, Twitter is still making a temp at gaming. I mean, do we think it's going to make a difference? I see you over there. Go ahead. I have a small thing to add on to that. Uh, so if you look in the fine print, they have exclusive rights to highlights, or not exclusive rights, sorry, just rights to highlights, which I think is the actual really cool thing about it, because I really want to go on Twitter and scroll and actually see Overwatch League highlights and, like, sick videos. I'd rather, yeah, because, I mean, that's, like, that, to me, that's what translates to Twitter better is highlights, not yeah. full fucking games, you know what I mean? I want I want to see the short clips on Twitter. Yeah. That would be really cool, actually. Absolutely. Um, In other overwatch news because i have shit um canada still doesn't know what the fuck we're called yet we still don't <laughs> toronto, <laughs> toronto still doesn't have a name we, uh, we still don't know what we're gonna be called and you never will you they're just gonna take the spot back from you because you canadians are too nice to fight over a name and decide on a single name you know what we're gonna be we're gonna be the fucking raptors i promise you we're gonna be the raptors or the jays one of the two and like no way you don't think they'd actually just straight do that do they I no it's you- gonna be it's gonna be toronto wolves it's gonna, the wolves? It's gonna be wolves. I just feel it. Yeah. Like I can just feel it. It's like the, a very Canadian team. Why I not feel to like. the Raptors at that point? If you're gonna do an animal, I like Raptors. It sounds a lot cooler. Yeah, but that's already red a thing. and black. What? I uh, I think like I think so. Okay, just just hey, before that's we probably get that, licensing, you probably couldn't get that anyway. It's probably well. I mean, that's that depends though, because the franchise is owned by the Raptors. That's the thing, right? If if, if like if the NBA team is the one that bought the franchise like i mean i could see them doing it much like much like uh much like all the um fucking uh nba 2k league teams like i mean they're all they're all variations oh stop stop build a conquer we're not going to be called the we're not going to be called the maple leaves i swear i swear to god i swear you to lost god the so pissed off i uh, yeah 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 so if if toronto franchises a team and they get called the leafs 
I'm literally going to boycott every game. I will be the most against that team in the fucking world. And I'll just be a, a, a perpetual Boston Uprising fan. And that's it. And I'll just wear How my... How far are you from Toronto? Uh, I am about 20 hours. Holy crap. So yeah. I'm oh, clo- okay. Am I the closest to Toronto? You are. I yeah, think you're, I'm way, like, you're way closer than me. Yeah. I think I'm like 11 hours away, 10 hours away. Yeah. Yeah, 20. So, uh, I shouldn't say 20. It's more like you can do it in 16. You're. I think I'm. I think I'm closer. Are you closer? Yeah, yeah you actually. Yeah, you might be actually. Yeah. We kind of agree that this would probably be the best to a middle place. Otherwise, outside of like Ohio for the three of us to meet, it's kind of a distance for all three of us. <laughs> but well, he's... I mean, like James apparently is far from literally everything. Have you seen? Okay, have you guys looked at a map? He's in Canada. Of where Nova he Scotia is. is? Have you seen? No, where I, Nova I only look at the good parts. I don't look up there. <laughs> no, no, but actually, how far are you from Boston? Um, Boston's actually not that bad. Boston, I think, is around twelve hours. I think because Passies. I can get because I can get an Amtrak there in a very reasonable time, actually. So that Pax might East. be the ideal. That's the ideal thing. Yeah, Pax East. Okay, I could do Pax East. But with that, I just want to touch a little bit on the All Star Game. The reason that I did not watch any of Ti over the weekend, um, just was kind of good? the event as a whole. I thought it was very much. I thought it was fun. What I really enjoyed the most about it is that a lot of the players didn't take it very seriously. Um, you saw um, SBB literally playing with the keyboard on his lap. He was just like leaning back like that with the keyboard there and the mouse <laughs> over there and playing. And they did like a Widow 1v1 tournament and stuff kind of like that. And I think it was really fun to see the casters going against it. I just think they took a lot of that kind of from the traditional kind of all-star games come from yeah. traditional sports. And I think it worked really well for the format. It's really fun to see the players, the casters, everyone's getting involved and having fun with it. So I don't have too much to add. Um, I think Pacific ended up winning. I don't actually remember. Um, maybe it was Atlantic, actually. But um, overall, I thought it was a really fun event. It was a great way to kind of want me to see more Overwatch League. Now I miss it more than ever. Um, I think there'll be more news coming up. So, of course, we'll continue the Project Overwatch podcast on to next week's episode when some super small story that has no big relevance in esports comes up. But I think with that, unless you guys have anything else to do, that'll end our podcast within a podcast for the Project East Project Overwatch podcast. You, you're going to have to start flashing a logo up hey, every time we switch over to every, this, sing- like having- every single time. Yeah. Yeah, we have a nice but, transition into that. Yeah, with- <laughs> that's just actually a horrible transition into our <laughs> next topic, which we should really kind of bring down on. But yeah. um, let me kind of bring back together so I'm not kind of going off that. But as a lot of you guys know, we tweeted about a little bit over the weekend. There was a really horrific kind of event that did happen down in Jacksonville. Um, we're not going to be talking about politics. We're not going to be talking about mental issues. We're not talking about gun code, nothing like that. That's not where we kind of stand on that. But just kind of what happened is that there was a shooting at an EA-sponsored Madden event down there for Madden 19. Um, I think two died. Um, and that it was just kind of a really horrific event. We did encourage it. Um, for anyone to donate blood or anything kind of down the region because others were hurt. But what we kind of wanted to use is to talk about just a little bit is just security in esports and what can esports and like game developers do to kind of prevent this. Now looking at the bigger picture, but does this is this a 9-11 wake, wake up call for esports kind of thing? Is that we need to really look into this deeper? Is this something that just happened once? What are we like, what caused this? What can, what can we do to prevent this? 
without getting into political lies. Yeah, no, I think there's two ways to look at it. You like, um, I think you we're gonna I think we're gonna see one or two approaches. We're either gonna see it's a, okay, this was a this was an outlier. This is something that doesn't commonly happen in esports, despite the fact that we hold multiple large events, or you see the security up to 11 and I wouldn't say, I would say you see security up to industry standard. Um, I think you start seeing sheriffs, you start seeing like, you know, like a, a significant, like, uh, like, and not, I don't even say a significant, I guess significant increase to what it is now, but you would see what it is to standard for like an NFL game for a, you know, an NBA game, stuff like that, where they don't, like these aren't like rinky dinky security companies like the one I work for um, doing security for these things. You see, professionals you see you know event security that is you know that they are hired for these kind of things right or again you see sheriffs go in like who also who i do like i don't like for, for canada we don't usually have sheriffs do kind of events like that but we do have like the rcmp do stuff like this so i can also see that um but i know for the states you guys commonly do sheriffs as like law enforcement security correct maybe I don't know. I've never been to like a pass game or anything like that, so I don't. Yeah, there's. I wouldn't say there's. It's heavy and it's usually pretty quick. I mean, what usually happens is you walk through a um, little for a pack game. At least you walk through a little metal detector. Um, if you have a bag, that's searched, um, and then you just kind of go on. That's about the extent of it. And I think uh, it doesn't even sound like that's even the equivalent of where we're at now. That's really kind of the bare minimum for professional sports across yeah. the board i feel like bucks games all that kind of stuff bucks games temp- uh, typically don't have metal detectors i don't think they might actually but that's a big check there but like what bill was saying is that there was only a security checkpoint at evo on sundays otherwise anyone could have walked in with anything any of the other days yeah and obviously at this ea event there from what it sounds like there was no security of any kind there that anyone was able to walk in and out there's probably a check-in booth but no guards or anything kind of like that so i think at least getting up professional sports standards shouldn't be an incredible... In industry standards. Yeah. Yeah, in, in industry standards. I mean, yeah. Sure, at Evo, it's hard. Because it's, it's held in Mandalay Bay, at least for part of it, stuff like that. And, like, how do you do that? You'd have to set up temporary ones and kind of stuff like that for this specific event. It adds oh. more cost. But at Blizzard Arena and, I guess, uh, Ride Arena, I've never been to those, so I could be wrong. But I think at those kind of places having a security checkpoint like that wouldn't be too much of an ask it's 150 people that fit at least in blizzard and that checking through those sure it takes an extra couple minutes but it protects your security and stuff like that i think that wouldn't be too big of an ask but the problem with esports is that they're not always at places where you can do that the madden one was at a bar how do you do that at a bar yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think that some of the larger tournaments and she definitely follows suit with kind of what Eva was doing, maybe even to a larger extent instead of just one day, maybe all the days. Because I feel like an event like Evo, an event like TI, um, a lot of the big Blizzard and Riot games, you, you can for sure do that. Um, but I think what we need to be thinking about now is some of the smaller events because um, this, this, this was a smaller event. I would, I would never expect there to be um, any sort of security here because it's kind of like saying if you have a really big trivia night at, at a bar, yeah. is there security? Yes. No, there isn't. I feel like there's other steps that needs to be taken and, you know, kind of uh, just take a look at it. Like, just take a look at what's going on. And I'm sure there is some, you know, there definitely is some small steps out there that, that events can be taking. Um, I don't know a lot about kind of like risk management and stuff like that, but I guarantee you there is small events that take security and risk into consideration 
without having to go to like a big noticeable level that some of these smaller events could learn from and could definitely start implementing for sure. It's, I don't know any personally because I have no experience with it, but I'm, I'm sure there's got to be some. I yeah, like it's I hard yeah, to protect like, everything. Well, that's just it. Like I mean, like so a big thing in like the, just because this is a, to a degree my industry. Um, like this like a, a big thing is like just having a security presence there is a deterrent for these things to happen right so even if you were hiring somebody on a small scale i mean e- e- like like where this event was at a bar even like like i'm assuming there wasn't even bouncers there because it was like you know it was a video game it was during the day it was during the it was day during, exactly exactly so even if, even if event. Even, Exactly. Even if you have a bouncer there, it is at least a deterrent for this thing. Is it is it going to prevent everything? Absolutely not. But having somebody there that you know is either going to is is hyper vigilant about these things that that helps. You know what I mean? That that is, I think is a very minor first step. And there's affordable security companies out there that you can do this stuff for. And I think this is something that the industries. Uh, the, or the people that are like basically the the ones putting on these events, they need to address this. And this is I think this is going to be something that's always going to be at the back of people's heads, um, especially for stuff that's like it's kind of upsetting to me to hear that this is something that was put on by EA and this was in a consider like not that this event occurring. it could have been. I guess we don't know. It, it may, it, it, that's true. That's true. It, 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 I guess that that's not what we're here to talk about. I think what we can say coming out of that is, of course, things need to change at multiple different levels. And taking those easy step deterrents of putting in these small security gates, putting in these bouncers, even a one, um, like a mall cop, even like just a hire a single on security that goes for four events, 20 bucks an hour. You, you're, it's 80 bucks an hour or whatever. I, yeah. I mean, 80 bucks for the event. Like you're losing some money there, cutting on your profit, but it prevents, it takes a step of preventing something kind of like this for happening. And I guess we yeah. didn't lead off of this right away, but of course our thoughts and prayers go with both of the ones that were lost. I mean, I know one of them had a family and one of them was my age. I mean, that's, it's really kind of sad to see. And when I first kind of heard it going through and kind of hearing some of that, of course, that's horrible. And our thoughts and prayers do go to that. And hopefully it, hopefully it's not in vain and that this does can be used as a positive that this can be prevented in the future because people are at least thinking about this a little more than they had because this is one of the first times this has really happened at a video game esport kind of event and that that wake-up call hadn't really happened unfortunately yeah i hate i hate to say it but like esports as an industry has been unfortunately very like i don't want to say unfortunately but like we've, we've been very blessed that something like this at this scale hasn't happened despite the amount of shootings that has gone and i hate to say it guys like in the states like the, the states unfortunately is notorious for that um and again i'm not going to make this about gun control or anything like that but esports being like this being the first time something has happened like esports is it, yeah exactly it's been very very fortunate so i hope that the the rest of the industry is like okay this has happened to us now we are not immune we need to we need to yep. put in the proper steps right yeah and this it's not necessarily political but i just want to reinforce the point that we i've already started seeing coming up i think we all can agree we've all played games forever a video game does not create violence i that's all that's the most political thing i want to say here is that playing these video games playing madden nfl does not create violence in any way the professional players do it and they don't have things such as that so i think that arguments valid and i mean invalid and no because that just it happens to everyone like james has said that this is the first time this had happened to us and that it happens it can happen anywhere to anyone and that that argument anyone that's listening to this isn't going to be considering like oh maybe it has to do with this they are they would definitely be against that but i just want to make that point that 
There's no correlation between the two. Because I've played since I was five, and I wear a banana shirt. That's about the least <laughs> aggressive thing you could possibly do. Well, that's like that's yeah. and that, that's just it, man. Like same boat. Like I've been playing since I could barely yeah. remember, and now I'm I literally am one of deterrents for like at a hospital. So I mean, like <laughs> that's like that's just it, right? So I mean, yeah, no, uh, I'll, I'll agree with that point, but we won't get yeah. too too much into too that. Much. But yeah, is there anything else on this? Oh yeah, James, Dylan, no, Dylan. Yeah, so I think uh, I think a good point to kind of leave this off on is that um, you know there's a lot. Of times where you think you can't really do anything in a situation like this um but something that we all can do actually just go out and give blood because it's actually super important and it really does help and it it helps in a lot of different situations and it's never a bad thing to go and give so and it's super easy and also you get you get like free treats too so you get a cookie hell yeah dude you get them cookies always a positive But I think with that, I think that's a really good point to kind of end on is do what you can. I mean, we, I did I put that tweet out as soon as I saw it when people started retweeting that if we had anyone from our listeners and if any of our listeners did go down in Jacksonville area or you know anyone that did, thank them for us because that does mean the world. And that, I could save not, maybe not one of their lives, but someone's life at some point. And that does mean a lot. And I love seeing the video game community come together as a whole, sending their wishes, encouraging blood donating and all that kind of stuff. It was really cool to see that, that this didn't break us. If anything, it made us come together. And I love seeing that. But it's an incredibly sad way, but I do think that is kind of a good point to kind of end the Project Esports podcast on today. So I just want to thank you all very much for tuning in and listening, and Bill, especially you and anyone else that participated in the chat today. It's always great having you guys there and adding the conversation and correcting us when we're quite, well, when I'm quite frequently wrong. (laughs) Where can uh, they find us, James, if they would be interested in keeping up with us? Uh, oh, this is see, this is the one I never do. So uh, you can find us on all major uh, podcast platforms: uh, Stitcher. Um, we're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. Um, we're also Google Podcasts on now. You say Go Podcast now? Google Podcasts. They Google it Google Podcasts. Um, yeah, we also found out that we're on a plethora of um, various apps. That use uh, the use that draw from podcasts. We found this after looking at our numbers. Um, and you can also find us on YouTube um, and Twitch every every Monday, um, streaming 7 p.m. Eastern time, 8 p.m. Atlantic time, and 6 p.m. Mountain Central 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 time. 6:30 Central time. Six. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, it's a half hour back. So- I don't. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm sorry. What were we talking about? The Tuesday morning ones. No. Uh, I didn't. I didn't even get to that, man. I we we're, this. we're we're struggling here, guys. We we're just so <laughs> emotional that we're struggling here at the end. Dylan, what would mean the world to us if they went and did? It really means a lot whenever you guys uh, follow, subscribe, or you know partake in any of the content that we put out there. Because like they were saying, it's it's everywhere. Um, one of the things that we're doing right now is we're really pushing for Twitch affiliate. We're getting so close. We're so close there. Um, so if anyone wants to just drop us a follow on Twitch, that would really mean the world to us. Um, if you do that, you know, give us a shout out or something. Like we will give you a shout out in return because you know we really really do appreciate it. So if you're on Twitter, just like tell one of your friends or quote tweet us and be like, hey guys come check out this podcast i really like it or if you tune into our streams just bring a friend along and hang out because you guys can hang out in discord and talk while we're talking on here and you guys can kind of meme it up on uh on your end um so just going through some of the people that really helped us out a lot uh we have at synaxis at cassinia Ilya, at the Banhammer, at better underscore esports at xenos king at learning bill which is bill the conqueror he was in chat so and he just bill. sent the he just dropped a follow on twitch as well so a double thank you for you in order Love to keep working today but you are the best and yeah, thanks to all those people for really helping us out. I know we had a 
couple people um, tuned into our live stream today, and um, we had some people drop us follows there. So we are getting close. Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it. We do it all for you guys. So again, thank you very much for everything. If you are a podcast listener, if you can go and drop it on Twitch, it just means the world to us. I'll put it out on Twitter and all that kind of stuff too. So thank you for everything you do. But I'm Andrew. I'm James. I'm Dylan. Ah, damn it. <laughs> do you want to try that again or do you want to just call it No, there? we're good. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> Thank you very much for tuning into the Project Esports Podcast. We'll see you guys next Monday at 6.30 p.m. Central Time with another episode of the Project Esports Podcast. See you guys then.